0: Welcome back. It's another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg. John's here again. How are you doing, John? I am good. I'm glad to hear it. And uh and yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna hit the ground running right away. We've got a story we want to talk about today. We didn't have one last week, we just kinda riffed on games and it was actually it's kind of fun. It's kinda nice. Uh, to do that every now and then. But uh, we have a story this week. We have our games of the week picked out, or I do anyway, I'm just gonna assume John does. He usually does. And then I have a pickup pile. It's okay. I've got like six games in it, so I, I had a pretty good one. Uh, like most of them came from one trade in, which is always oh, interesting. Really? Yeah, when someone just has like a bunch of really good, like really good PS2 games. And uh Ooh. yes, and like like weird ones, like like really good, as in just you don't see them very often. And then you rarely... oh, you
1: got a copy of Sid the Dummy.
0: Uh, well, we do. We have a sealed <laughs> copy of Sid the Dummy at the store. Like no lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know if, if, you, if you need it nice if you need it um but yeah that was fun but we're we're gonna get back to it uh we're gonna get back to the news articles and i've decided today john i didn't tell you this before the podcast but i've oh, decided crap. today i'm gonna forego greg's rant of the week uh okay. in 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 its place i'm gonna tell a feel-good story of the week and so i'm gonna i'm gonna go over that in a second uh because the the rant of the week was gonna be another anti-mask story and you guys don't want to hear it <laughs> and John, John said it best last week when he's like you could just, just like no one wants to hear that all the time I'm like I totally agree and I don't like to tell him all the time uh, and so but basically I won't, I won't tell the story but when you're if you're ever in my store I'm gonna give you some advice if you're ever in my store and you're talking to me and you want me to relax don't tell me to relax <laughs>
1: <laughs> if, if you look at me in
0: my own store and you say hey just just relax it's not going to end well for you. I'm just telling you. So let me give you a fair warning. Right now, don't tell me Did you
1: Did you go somebody to
0: people's elbow? <laughs> I, uh, verbally, perhaps, not physically. <laughs> but we're not going to get hung up on that because we have a feel-good story of the week. And I, I came across this article, and I, I really liked this. Uh, and the headline is, Ghost of Tsushima fans are helping fix a real Tory gate. Uh, Ghost oh, yeah. of Tsushima fans contribute to repair efforts for a real-world Shinto shrine on the island of Tsushima following a typhoon earlier this year. And basically, it was that um, f- uh, following the storm... Let's see. Let me break it down here. Atori at the Watatsumi shrine... Tsushima was destroyed on September 7th by Typhoon number 10. I guess they just number Typhoons there. (laughs) They're they're, they're not like America where they give them stupid ass names. Like, it's it's Typhoon Steve. Um, It's just uh, Typhoon number 10. (laughs) Um, uh, However, which was said to be intense enough to shatter all records in predictions by the Japan Meteorological Agency, according to the Asahai Shinbun. A special alert was put out on September 2nd suggesting the typhoon would pose a serious, unprecedented, and imminent danger to human life. Following the huh. storm, Watatsumi Shrine Priest Yuichi Hirayama organized a campaign on the crowdfunding site Campfire, which is a Japanese crowdfunding site, uh, starting November 27, asking for 5 million yen to repair the tori, a gate that acts as an entrance to the sacred ground of a Shinto shrine.
1: 5 and million camp- yen is not that much, is it?
0: Uh, it's, oh, I'm, the quick math in my head is that like, it's like 50,000, 500,000, 50,000. Yeah. I I, I forget. I'm probably wrong on that. So don't quote me on that people in the podcast. Sorry. (laughs) Um, The campaign had raised 20 million as of this writing and Fumitsu reports that Hirayama said a lot of support was granted by ghosts of Tsushima fans. So it was apparently they, uh, like word got over here that they were doing it and that it was on the island of Tsushima from the game, and so a bunch of fans of the game started kicking in money as well. Um, That's Shin- pretty cool. It, yeah, uh, and then it, the article goes on to say, Shinto shrines pay a significant role in Ghosts of Tsushima, which helped, which likely helped draw fan attention to the reconstruction effort. Um, Sucker Punch has received a fair amount of acclaim from Japanese game developers for capturing the look and spirit of the island in circa 1274. When it was invaded by the Mongol army in real life, so if you didn't know, the Ghost of Tsushima game, like that, is based on actual events. Um, but yeah, I thought it was—I thought it was pretty cool. I, I finally like uh, something nice to talk about in the news. I mean, there is just so much negativity and nastiness out there that I want to take my time, my my rant of the week time, and and do a, a feel good story of the week. So that's I, that's my feel good story of the week.
1: I do hope that the shrine is now going to be covered with like razor and like monster energy stickers everywhere
0: oh god and
1: like shinto shrine brought to you by monster would be great
0: (laughs) (laughs) well and uh i saw a picture of it man all these so like the ones that were covered by gaming websites they're the worst like the ones that are covered by gaming websites (laughs) only have pictures of the game they don't have pictures of like the actual shrine and it's really obnoxious and the article i read was really cool yeah like here's silicon era actually has the the actual shrine that got repaired, and they showed some pictures of it. But it was really cool. Um, i trying to think. I thought it said how much they had raised. Yeah. Uh, th- so it, it ended on January 10th and had amassed a total fund of 27 million yen, approximately $260,000, from 200 uh, 2014 backers, more than five times that of the initial goal. Nice. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and it's funny. I tell this story. So when I was in Japan, we went to Hiroshima and we paddle boated out off the mainland to an island, like right off of the coast uh, of Hiroshima. I don't remember the name of the island. Um, but we went out there and as we were going in, it was it was high tide. And now it's low tide. You could actually walk out and walk underneath this torii gate. And at high tide... It was underwater. Well, not all of it was underwater, but like half it was. So we paddle boated by it. And, okay. and and uh I remember paddle boating by and our our tour guide basically said, Hey, when we go by it, don't touch it. You know, that's not something you should do, just don't touch it. And we said, Okay. And we didn't touch it. We were respectful. Not that like we were going to touch it anyway, I don't think, but you know, we didn't touch it. And then I all I could think to myself was if this was in the United States, if you didn't want someone to touch it, you'd have had to put like chain link fence around it barbed wire f- at the top <laughs> like electrified fence and like guard dogs around just so that people <laughs> would touch it because it's I don't know what it is but there they have I don't know it's just the culture is different and they just seem to have respect for things like that and there some things are still sacred I guess you know and, and like yeah. in the states something like that would get just destroyed so it's interesting that a bunch of people from the United States and Europe most likely that really enjoyed a video game We're somehow respectful to the
1: people in the gate and gave them some money. (laughs) I'm I'm wondering is if that shrine is actually in the game or if it's not old enough. I don't know.
0: That that that's a great question. I don't know if the I know it's on the island, but I don't know if that actual gate is there. Let me let me take a look through this a little bit. It's it's located in the Toyotama region of Tsushima in Ghost of Tsushima the Shinto shrine closest in proximity would be the Scarlet Rock Shrine although the game shrine was built in Tsukiyomi the real life Watatsumi shrine is dedicated to Hikihoho Demino Mikiro and Toyota (laughs) Manbin. Jesus these names are taking me for a ride today Um, but yeah so so according to that it is not the actual uh, article itself um yeah, so there you go. Feel a feel good story. Uh with that out of the way, what have you been playing, John? What's keeping you busy these days?
1: Um I played more I've played mostly more immortals um and I'm still really enjoying that. Um and I've kind of like I I've been trying to not play as much uh at night, so I'm kind of like I've kind of been like, "All right, I will do a like a dungeon, and then I'll get a couple of things in the overworld, and then I'll, I'll set it set it down for the night. <clears throat> I also, um, I picked up uh, the Iceborne edition of one of your favorite games. Oh, sure. Um, and I haven't, I haven't gotten to a point where you can actually fight anything yet, so I'm very, very early on in the game. <laughs> uh, but I fired up Monster Hunter and just walked around and. God, the Palicos are adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, That's I, true. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how the Palicos were going to look because, like, I don't know why, but I I look at Monster Hunter World as almost like a westernized version of that game because it's more mainstream. They put it up. They put it on Xbox and PlayStation. Um, so I kind of expected it to have more of a like macho look to it. And so when I first saw the Palicos and I'm like, oh, God, they're adorable. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted Lyra to, like, come over and be like, look at the cat. Look at the cat. <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't care. Was
0: that on Game Pass you were playing that? Or did you play it on the PS5 through the the free downloads?
1: Uh, well, no, I picked up... Um, uh,
0: oh, somebody had, oh the ice, Target the Iceborne, had a deal
1: yeah. on the gotcha. Iceborn disc for Xbox. And so I picked it up for 20 bucks. <sighs> So, I might play that. We'll find out.
0: <laughs> that, uh, what have you
1: been playing? Uh, a, 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 World of Warcraft, I'm Yeah,
0: pr- pretty much the same thing. I've been playing more World of Warcraft Cataclysm. Uh, I actually put some videos up on the YouTube channel today, so that felt good to, to get back in the creative mode. I mean, th- this year has been just so busy with holiday, it's really hard to get back to my normal routine because <laughs> it's just nothing's normal. Um but uh, I'm, I, tried, I played a little bit more cyberpunk I, I don't want to blast through to the ending but I'm starting to get burned out on just the going point to point doing the side mission stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I mean I'm still finding weapons that I want in that game and other stuff and you know implants I want to get and earn enough money and street cred to get that so I'm still playing that uh, but I don't know if I'm going to finish that game anytime soon I just feel like I sit down and play it for four hours every other day or a couple times a week maybe And I I enjoy it. I just nothing really draws me back into that game, and so I like it. I'm just not I'm
1: not hungry for it. And uh, I I was a little disheartened that they said that the Xbox Series X slash PlayStation Five patch won't hit until second quarter of this year because I was I was hoping that at some point it would get a really nice shot in the arm and look amazing. Yeah. No, I
0: totally agree. And. It's unfortunate that a lot of people who got it right away are going to be done with the game by the time the best version of that game comes out. But it's just the 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 truth of modern gaming, I suppose. Um, But I've been playing that, and then I really want to play Immortal Phoenix Rising. Like it's queued up. I the copy I bought came loose, so I opened it up and put the (laughs) put the disc back (laughs) on the spindle. So I don't have that stigma of not opening it.
1: Was that PS Five?
0: Yeah, yeah, I got it on PS Five.
1: Yeah, for some reason, PlayStation's discs cannot stick on the spindle like half of the limited run for quite a while was like hit or miss like it'd be like every other game you'd get would be just rattling around in the case and like cool awesome this is great
0: almost every game i get from amazon shipped is loose almost every single one and it's 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 an abomination and then when i saw they were using the same garbage blue cases for ps5 games i just died a little inside and i was like come on guys you know there's a problem like, for seven years, we've been telling you there's a problem. How do you not adjust the cases for that?
1: I wish they would have went with a smoke black case. I, I, I totally agree, slick. man. It
0: looks so good. The black and white? Come on, man. Like yeah. who, who thought the Blu-ray cases with white label, but then black lettering on the white? Like, it just does not look good. I I don't know. It's it's not on brand. It just seems weird. But anyway, um, and then... Think that's pretty much it just got the and so it's weird because i'm playing a lot of pc and i haven't turned my ps5
1: on in like a month <laughs> uh, i yeah i turned my playstation 4 on again for the first time in a while to play slide stars
0: nice, nice. <laughs> I, I i am gonna play that um destruction all stars when it comes out for free on ps yeah i do want to play that but i don't know I it looks it looks weird console it's it's gonna be it's a slow console market right now and i don't know it's just kind of like two two great pc games that take up a lot of time came out for me which is great but it takes up all my time so then i don't have i don't even have i don't really have room for a third game and and i'm already kind of winding down on world of warcraft like i'm getting to the point where i don't really have an urge to level a second character and if i don't level my second character then i'm just playing once a week to kind of do like these, so they have these mythic dungeons. I don't know. Did I explain this on here before? Did I tell you about these before? Uh,
1: yeah, I was, yeah, we talked about the mythic dungeons.
0: Yeah, so, so basically, like, we're tr- like, there's people doing f- level 15 and higher. We're on like level seven and eight. That's what we can beat with our gear level and stuff. Okay. So, like, we every week we want to try to beat one higher, you know, like we try to level up and just be better and get it done. And, and so it's frustrating because. Like, that's all I'm really doing. (laughs) Like, it's basically I play one. I mean, I still play during the week because I'm trying to keep up. And there is stuff to do, but not stuff that's necessarily entertaining to me. So I'm already kind of winding down on that. So once I punch through Cyberpunk, I might try to play catch up with a few things. But um, is
1: 15 the highest the Mythic Dungeons go, or do they go on forever? I think they keep going.
0: I just think once you get to 15 plus, all the gear is the same. I don't think it goes up anymore from there. Um, but I think technically, I saw a video of someone doing a 16 plus. But then I watched the video, and basically, when you're when you're able to do the difficult ones like that, the only strat to beat it in the time limit is to pull like you only do three pulls the whole instance, and you pull like a third of the dungeon at a time, and you just run them around, slowing them down while the DPS just kills everything. So it's like it's not like a okay. typical fight; it's a very weird sort of like way to cheat the system i guess i don't know okay. so i don't even know i don't think we'll ever get to that level anyway um i did the i did the first wing of the first raid that's out and i was like that's fine i don't really want to get back into the raiding culture of that game again it just takes so much <laughs> time and dedication you know and i don't know not and, and not so it's not super fun um not not really that fun at all but but i love playing with my brother and and um you know like my friends so it's it's fun for that like it's hard to get five people to all agree on a game to play together all the time and this is the one that's got yeah. all of our attention so at least for the next probably month or two i'd assume i'm still gonna be playing that but eh, i suppose we'll see
1: uh so what are, are we gonna are we gonna talk about the big uh, lucas arts news
0: yeah yeah so we're gonna get into that let me let me cue it up because i might actually make a youtube video out of this so let me uh i know i might make a youtube video out of this oh god let
1: me do my hair yeah Oh, don't worry, you're not on camera. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> no! You're not going to be on I, you, camera. You got, you got
0: pulled from the camera. <laughs> you're you're too handsome. I couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle it. Um, all right, so yeah, uh, give me a second. I'll cue it up, and we'll go. So first up on the podcast today, John, like I had mentioned, we're going to be talking about a pretty big deal, actually. Um, we're going to be talking about how Ubisoft announced that they're partnering with Lucasfilms... To make a new Star Wars game. Now it's interesting because EA had an exclusive deal to make Star Wars games for the last eight years. I want to say seven, eight years since
1: 2013.
0: Right? Yeah, so it's it's been a while, and and it's funny because it's not it's not necessarily unheard of as far as possibly it was able to have seen this coming. Uh, but all they've really said was one, it's being made by Massive. Which I believe Division Two, it was their was their baby. Um, yes,
1: and the director of the game directed the Division games, and then also did the first crew.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, and they're working on what they call a story driven open world game. Now they didn't say single player; they said story driven. Uh, so it it you know your mind can already start running wild with it. But before we get to all the possibilities, because what I want to do is I want to talk about the story, and then we're going to talk about some of our favorite Star Wars games over the years. And then, you know, we're going to dabble a little bit into what we would like to see. Like, what 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 Star Wars game would you like to see made now that EA is not handling it? And But before I get into all that, the first thing I thought of when I heard about this was an article from 2017. And this was right after Star Wars Battlefront 2 came out. And... Okay. On on this channel, on the YouTube channel, on my YouTube channel, you can I have a video where I talked about the Star Wars Battlefront 2 debacle and and the microtransaction issue that it had. Uh ultimately leading to huge fan backlash, which then led to them pulling microtransactions for the game for I think like the first 6 months. I think they pulled all of them until I think the summertime and then they started working them back in. And so it was really atrocious and I just, I remember that. And I remember there was this article that um Bob Iger, who was CEO of Disney at the time, he's not he stepped down last summer, was like pissed off <laughs> at EA. So they had this deal and, and, and if you remember EA wasn't making a lot of Star Wars games. For a huge company that has the resources that they do, for them to have made as few Star Wars games as they did, I think that's kind of surprising. And and I almost yeah, wondered
1: three, right?
0: I, I mean, it was just, bad. I know Battlefront 1 and 2, Before. and then we have Jedi Fallen Order, and then Squadron. uh, Squadrons. Yep. And then, I don't know, I can't think of any more. Was there anything else that was hidden in there that was like a, maybe they did a couple mobile games or
1: something. I don't know, <laughs> but. Yeah, well, they they have the the MMO that's been running forever as well.
0: Oh, sure, that's right. They did, they did do um, Old Republic, which is great. Um, I do like that game quite a bit. I should say I did like it when I played it back in the day. And so I I remember thinking like what kind of what a waste of the Star Wars license, but also Star Wars during a lot of that time was kind of hibernating too, like it was there was a lot of stuff kind of on the cusp. And so it was almost like the the Star Wars hype wasn't at its max anyway. So it was probably a fine time to not have any games, even though a Star Wars game was always like printing money. Um, I guess the Lego Star Wars games, those weren't by EA, though. Those were... No, it... They didn't... That it must seems.
1: Have... Yeah, that's Warner Brothers, and it seems like they have a separate deal that basically says, like, we can make our own games over here, um, but then EA can make their Star Wars games.
0: Yeah, I almost wonder if they somehow got a deal because it was Lego, they were able to to make it or something. Um But Probably. yeah, so, so that was kind of the first thing that popped up was... So I got this... I brought up this article... Um. And, and one of the paragraphs the article says, even chief executive Robert Iger was alarmed. Ultimately, Disney's head of consumer products and interactive media, Jimmy Pataro, sent a message to Electronic Arts this week outlining Disney's concerns. Oh, well, unfortunately, I'm on the Wall Street Journal, and they, they paywalled the rest of the article. Um, but basically, yeah. so we've heard the concerns about potentially giving players unfair advantages. And they didn't like that. And so so that was the first thing I thought of when I heard this news was this has been kind of in the making. Like, I think the relationship between EA and Disney had soured over yeah. the years. It started with this. And I think it was already kind of there. I think they were, they were wondering why there wasn't more in the pipeline. Like, if you have the exclusive rights to something, there's an expectation of more, I think, than what they did. And then it was funny because as I was digging in, I found another article. And this one was um let's see here this one was from february 6th of 2019 so this is about a year and a half later ceo bob Iger said the company's happy with the star wars licensing deal um and so they go on to say they they established an exclusive licensing deal for star wars games with electronic arts a month after purchasing lucasfilm for four billion but it hasn't been the smoothest ride since Heavily hyped games that have been canceled. High profile hires have moved on to other things. I think about Amy Hennig. I think in that one, um, yeah. An and EA like... rep made the most unpopular comment in the entire history of Reddit. I do remember that. And of course, there was the whole business with loot boxes. Um, it's enough to make you wonder why Disney doesn't just pull the plug on the whole thing. And in fact, a petition to revoke EA Star Wars license attracted more than two hundred fifteen thousand signatures. Um not that that matters cuz it's that's that sort of thing stupid but
1: um <laughs> well clearly it did matter they got their way
0: well i mean now this so this <laughs> was february of 2019 so this is 2 years ago now um but and then the article goes on to say but it seems that despite all the upset Disney is actually pretty happy with the state of things and doesn't plan on changing them up anytime soon. In a recent earnings call reported by Variety, CEO Bob Iger said that Disney is good at a lot of things like making movies and television shows and theme parks and cruise ships, but hasn't quite been able to figure out how to successfully publish video games. So it also makes you wonder if they had been thinking about that, thinking about publishing games. And they were like, man, this looks like a nightmare. Let's just let EA do all the heavy lifting. Um, the article goes on to say over the years, as you know, we've tried our hand at self publishing. We've bought companies, we've sold companies, we've bought developers, we've closed developers and we've never found over the years that, or what we found over the years is that we haven't been particularly good at the self publishing side, but we've got great at the licensing side, which obviously doesn't require that much allocation of capital. And since we're allocating capital in other directions, we're just decided that the best place for us to be in that space is licensing and not publishing. We've had a good relationship with some of those we're licensing to, notably EA and the relationship on the Star Wars properties, and we're probably going to stay on that side of the business and put our capital elsewhere. So, I mean, that doesn't really sound like they necessarily love the deal. (laughs) That just kind of sounds like it's better than them doing it themselves, you know?
1: Yeah, well, they they got their, their toes wet in publishing when they were doing Disney Infinity, and they bought up Avalanche Software and and uh, put like seven studios all to work, including like um, Ninja Theory on that franchise. But then the toys to life category died, and so they pulled the plug and they they fired fired everybody at Avalanche. Uh, which is funny because Avalanche got rescued by Warner Brothers, and then the first game Avalanche made after they got rescued by Warner Brothers was Cars Three. Yeah. Um, so, so clearly there was a viable product that they could have made that they walked away from, and and it still came out and did fine. Um. But the the Star Wars thing with EA it was kind of weird because like the first Star Wars Battlefront came out, and it was a gorgeous looking game. Like I will I will give it that. That game, uh, when I first played it on PS4, I was like, holy shit, this game looks amazing. The there was that like planet that is like snow covered and had like lava um, fissures and stuff Mm -hmm. looked astounding but it was multiplayer only and so I didn't want to play it because I'm not a multiplayer only guy like you you need to give me some single player I'll jump into your game and then maybe I'll try the multiplayer so it was kind of like and then the other complaint about the multiplayer was that it didn't really have a lot of maps to it so, the it it seemed shallow at first, and so then Star Wars Battlefront Two comes out, and they did a better job of of filling it out with a decent single player that I've heard really good things about. But then they immediately botched the launch with the awful microtransaction garbage. So, I could definitely see where EA like isn't. Like they're they're making games and they're spending millions and millions of dollars on them to get relatively negative results. Um which they turned around when they when Respawn made uh uh what is it, Star Wars
0: What's the respawn
1: game? Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Um but like I think if <laughs> Jedi Fallen Order would have came out first, I think we would be looking at Jedi Fallen Order three right now and everything would be going swimmingly with disney like they they wouldn't have been looking to sell the the rights off to somebody else and break the exclusivity agreement um but i think unfortunately they they launched the wrong product first
0: well and and the first star wars battlefront so there is there is actually single player in that game but it's very little and it's it's not like a story or anything it's like some It's like basically almost like an offline practice mode, sort of online. So, so it's it's pretty lacking. Um, But that game was also rushed out to get out in time for the Force Awakens. Like that, that was the one that had to be out. Like I want to say that one came out like the the month before Force Awakens hit theaters. Okay. 2015, I think. If that sounds right.
1: Yeah. And then I remember them adding Jakku. um, Right. As one of the maps after the movie came out,
0: and and the thing is, Star Wars games like print money. You know, if if you make a Star Wars game, it's going to sell instantly x amount of millions of copies because it's Star Wars. Like that that franchise has that power. And so I think there was a point where EA EA kind of was putting in minimum effort, you know. And so they had the one game. They did what they had to do to get out in time for the movie. Then they make Battlefront two, and Battlefront two has got a single player. It's got a pretty cool story. They had you know like higher level. Um, voice acting and like character modeling after like act- actors and actresses, and then they but then they they do the EA thing the the that's so EA thing of <laughs> just getting ridiculous with the with the stupid microtransactions and loot crates, and or, and uh, and and like and it wasn't even like it was it was egregious, and I think that's why it got a lot more flack. You know, it's not like some games that have loot boxes you can buy or get some sort of you know cosmetics like this one was things like unlocking specific characters like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, yeah. stuff like that, that, that was going to really impact how you play the game. And so, so those are kind of the two. And then Jedi fallen order comes out and Jedi fallen order is probably the perfect example of too little, too late because the game itself is great. <laughs> um, but, but, it, it, like it wasn't enough to save the exclusive partnership and, and they had, cause they had had the thing and, and obviously Disney didn't lose money on this, but I mean, they, they lost potential revenue, I would say, but they didn't lose money like EA did when they canceled Star Wars 1313 and they, they hire Amy Hennig and then they get a studio ready and then it falls apart. Like that sort of thing costs EA a lot of money. <laughs> so even, yeah. even EA trying to do the bare minimum wasn't, they weren't even able to do that. You know, they <laughs> like, weren't even
1: able to it do that. It sounds be successful. like successful. Well, thirteen thirteen was before EA. That was that was still when Lucas Arts was making their own games, and then when Disney bought Lucas, they shit canned that game. Um, really? They, they I thought they shut was... down okay. all development.
0: But but um okay. Well did they what what did they ever say what they brought in Amy Hennig for though? So that was a different game. Am I just getting Star Wars thirteen thirteen confused with the different Star Wars game that they were supposed to make? That's a
1: different yeah, that's a different game. Gotcha. Um, okay, my my bad on that. And it was supposed to be some sort of open world game with I believe like that took place on um uh What the Hell's Luke's Planet? I'm brain farting a lot this, this episode. Um,
0: I'm leaving it out there for
1: you. And door. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> um, I keep but, thinking of most eyes. Is- I think most easily. I think it is most eisley. Well, that's the um,
0: town, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, I think, I think it took place on, in that area on that planet. Sure. And like, I've seen some screenshots where it looked like it was that. But then they ended up canceling that game. And I think they canceled like two or three other games that just never could get off the ground. And so I think a lot of the problems with EA was just a lot of false starts. Yeah, well, So and and to be
0: fair, Disney admittedly talks to their, their shareholders and says, you know, making games is really tough and publishing is really tough. <laughs> so, I mean... They they know the difficulties and the potential for loss is there and and EA was eating all the risks, so you know, they they let EA have a a little bit longer leash, I think, because of that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, obviously I think, you know, another opportunity came up now, and then that's the final article I had was that and this article was from March sixth of twenty twenty, so last March, and this was when Bob Iger stepped down as CEO. So the article goes on to say Disney just got a new CEO and he could shake things up on the game development level. Bob Iger recently stepped down and now company alum Bob Chapek is in the big seat. In the past, Iger said he's happy with the 10 year deal with EA despite the growing number of game cancellations and timeline disruptions. Will Chapek feel the same way? The major deciding factor, whether or not EA gets to keep the license is cost versus sales revenues. If Disney is spending more money to make the game, than the games are actually, well, that doesn't, this article is actually kind of stupid now that I'm reading the rest of it, um, because he this person doesn't understand that Disney's not paying any money. Um, like, okay, um, but uh, but but the idea though, it's a good point in regards to this new CEO could have came in and said, "Look, I don't like this deal at all. I think this deal stinks for us, and we could be doing so much better if we were allowing so many other companies to make Star Wars games." Yeah, and and clearly. That happened because getting all the way back around to it, we're here at Ubisoft and Lucasfilm Games announce a new story-driven Star Wars game. And it's, it, I mean, I'm not going to get excited about it yet, but I quite enjoyed Division 2. Like, there's a high level of quality production there. So if they don't even use anything from that, clearly that studio has a high standard of quality. And, and I would expect... I mean, I would expect that game to be very good. Um, now, the question I think we have to ask... And let me ask you first, then, John. Do you think Ubisoft would be any better than EA when it comes to the type of game they'll make? And obviously, what I'm what I'm thinking of is... When you think of why EA did what they did with microtransactions... is because that's how you make money these days. You yeah. Know, usually, free-to-play <sighs> games or pay-to-play games and then pay-to-win, essentially is a good strategy. It's a good market strategy because it works. And people... I mean, people pay money, tons of money, for microtransactions in games for different-looking skins and different whatever. So, will Ubisoft be any better than EA when it comes to the type of games they'll make where they aren't necessarily just revenue-driven, max profit, you know, over, like, a creative vision, I guess?
1: I don't know. Um... The the problem with this is, like, this announcement, yeah, cool, but when the hell is this game going to come out? Because building a triple A game that's open world takes years. So, did they have this deal in the works for, like, a year or two already? Or is this the first we're hearing of it? Because we might not see anything out of this this deal for t- until like 2023 or 24.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, U- unless, unless they were, you know, pitching the game before. And here's the other thing though, too, if they signed that exclusive deal, we just read in that article, it was a 10 year deal. The 10 years isn't up yet. Right. So I don't know if they're allowed to make it. Maybe they're planning on making the game now and it will come out after the 10 years is up. Like, I don't know how that, that- works. Like, you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, th- actually, that that is a good point. It could be exactly that. Like, like they could basically be saying we're going to work on this because because EA's deal is going to end after our game, or right before our game comes out. Um, so, I I do think we will get another game from Respawn before we'll get this game for sure.
0: Oh yeah, we're we're definitely gonna get a um, sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Like that game was um, that got greenlit right away.
1: Yeah. Well, and I I almost look at so right now Disney is high as hell on Star Wars. Like they're they're doing to the Mandalorian show what they did with the Star or with um uh Marvel universe where they're doing like six spin-offs of the Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Yeah, they've already announced so,
0: all those different shows, yep
1: yeah, so I, I think that they probably want to have a lot of Star Wars content that is d- great and interesting and tells new stories, not just one game. Um, so so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious if it is going to be an exclusive deal with Ubisoft or if it's gonna be like, hey, anybody that's got an idea, come to us and we'll we'll talk. Um, yeah. because one thing that they announced a couple days before that we didn't haven't talked about yet is this isn't just LucasArts doing Star Wars. LucasArts also just inked a deal with they inked a deal with uh, Bethesda and Machine Games to make an Indiana Jones to game. To
0: make an Indiana Jones game, yep, that's right.
1: Yeah. And I I will admit, I am far more excited about the Indiana Jones game from Machine Games because Machine Games makes fantastic games, and they've also already made one of the best movie franchise games of all time before they were called Machine Games. Do you know what it is? No. What is it? Uh, Most of the team from Machine Games was from Starbreeze Studios, who made the Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher oh, Bay game?
0: Interesting. See, I didn't know because Because they, Machine Games, they do. Are they doing Wolfenstein? Is that what they've been doing? Yeah.
1: They did Wolfenstein, New Order, Old Blood, and uh, New Colossus. And then their last games were. They did the VR game, which was meh. And then they did Young Blood, which was also meh. Mm. Um, now i don't think that young i think youngblood and the vr game were like smaller teams most likely um because they they definitely ver uh, varied from the traditional formulas of the wolfenstein games but the wolfenstein games tell really interesting stories that i never would have expected back in the day like when i played wolfenstein 3d back in like 1992 I never thought it would tell a compelling story <laughs> that I'd give a shit about the characters. Right? Like, I never thought I would care about BJ, uh, BJ Blaskowitz having a relationship with a nurse in the game, and and how emotional that would make me feel. So, like, I I don't want another ID Software Wolfenstein game. Honestly, I I want Machine Games to make to make that series from now on. And really, I'm willing to play anything Machine Games puts out. So, yeah. I think they'll do a damn good job with um, Indiana Jones, and Todd Howard is actually supervising that that game. He's actually going to be the director.
0: Now, do you think, because there's been a lot of speculation on this, do you think it's going to be like an Uncharted clone? Are they going to go third-person platforming <laughs> adventure and just make, make an Indiana Jones Uncharted game, basically, which is what we've already had, except just it
1: wasn't an Indiana
0: Jones-licensed game?
1: Um, I mean, it's Todd Howard directing, so I'm hoping Indiana Jones Skyrim.
0: What if it was a first-person Indiana Jones game where you had to go around and talk to people and pick up wedges Just of cheese? things.
1: And <laughs> wheels of cheese. Put pots on people's heads? Yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: there. Stop drilling, John. You've hit oil. Um... Um, well, you
1: know what's funny? Uh, Bethesda did a movie-based game, uh, well, sort of movie-based game, already... With a Disney property, because they did the first Pirates of the Caribbean game, um, oh, yeah, and it was supposed to be a different game. I think it was Sea Dogs 2, and they ended up, instead of making it and putting out a Sea Dogs 2, they put a Pirates of the Caribbean coat of paint on it, and I think they put Jack Sparrow in it and shipped it, but it was basically yeah, like Pirate Skyrim.
0: Yeah, that game that game was not supposed to like that was something else and then they basically they 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 reshelled it as a Pirates of the yeah. Caribbean game like months before it launched.
1: <laughs> which is, yeah, which I is believe incredible. Was I think C-Dogs, that's great. Too.
0: I think that's great.
1: Yeah, but um, I'm I'm pumped for the Indiana Jones game. I'm I think it's probably closer to release than what any of the Star Wars stuff would be. And it's interesting that that disney is kind of like reconstituting lucas arts games after shutting them down back in 2013 yeah well
0: i mean it's it seems like the right thing to do business wise like it just seems smart and obviously though they've got to get ready because they've got the new indiana jones movie that they're working on like i think they're planning this all to launch around the same time like they're finally figuring that out the timeline is that a movie might take a year to make these games take two three years to make, and so you got to get on the games first, get them started, and then you know, so you can tie it in relatively close to like the launch of a movie, but still have a decent product and not have a a rushed out piece of crap like Eon Flux for PS two. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw Eon Flux in move in theaters in California. <laughs> I,
0: you know, I never I never watched the movie. I I loved Liquid Television, and I I loved that. I used to stay up late and watch that when I was in high school and I, I, I thought it was super cool. And then when I heard they made a live action movie, I was, I'm like, I'm not watching it. And I, and I refused to, to this day, I refuse to watch it.
1: Um, I'm, I'll buy you a 4k copy. Sweet. It should be pretty cheap. <laughs> actually, actually it's basically the, the, the same way I feel about, um, ghost in the shell is how I feel about Aeon flux. Um, so it's meh. <laughs> so
0: I, I thought ghost in the shell was fine. um, I like I like Ghost in the Shell. I watched the original like movie. I haven't watched like um go uh was it Ghost Complex? What's the
1: I standalone forget. complex? Standalone
0: complex. Thank you. And uh, and I haven't I haven't watched that, but I always liked the idea of that series. And so I watched the movie, and I was like, it's fine. Like I think, like you said, it's, I mean, Met is probably on the teetering on the negative side. I'm more of like it's fine. Like that's teetering on the positive side of of average but i didn't think it was too bad
1: for me that ghost in the shell was one of the first things that really got me into anime so sure. i think that's why i'm more critical on that movie oh totally i,
0: I it, i'm really weird with movies too i don't i'm not nearly as critical as i am with games with movies i get very pulled into the experience and i can just kind of forget cheesiness and hokiness and just get wrapped into it and I'll enjoy it still like a game. I'm hypercritical, but movies and TV, I just kind of like, I'm kind of like, whatever. <laughs>
1: I don't know why yeah. like,
0: I'm normally really critical of things, but when it comes to movies, I just let myself get taken over by it and just kind of enjoy it that way, which is kind of neat. That's ourselves. usually,
1: that's usually how I am as well. But for ghost in the shell in particular, I think that was just one where I was, uh, I was like, no, no, <laughs> I like it. I like the original subject matter too much to, to get into this.
0: Well, hey, and that's fair enough. So, the the last part of this, then, John, we want to talk a little bit about some of our favorite Star Wars games over the years. So they don't have to be EA ones because there's not very many. But what what are some of your favorite Star Wars games that you've played over the years?
1: Um, uh, immediately I think about uh, the N64 Dash Rendar Star Wars game.
0: Sure, Shadows of the Empire. Yeah.
1: Yep. That was, which is funny, because if you look at, like, a lot of lists talk about that game being, like, one of the worst games. Uh, (laughs) But I love that game, and, like, I liked it so much that I bought the, uh, there was a Dash Rendar um, Extended Universe novel, and I read that novel and and enjoyed it. And, like, like, I just remember there was a part where you could jetpack around, um, and so I remember jetpacking around and, like, it feeling like an open-world game like it wasn't sure. open world but it felt open world and then i also remember the um when you're you're in this base and one of the the white imperial ships that like the wings fold up like comes and flies into a hangar and like lands in front of you and then you can like you can fly up and like mm-hmm. climb on it and stuff and it just the sense of scale of that game felt really really cool at the time
0: can we talk for one minute about this guy's name? It's Dash da- Rendar. Dash Rendar. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean it's just cool. <laughs> like like if you asked a like a twelve year old, like, what's the coolest name you could make a a Star Wars character? And be like, this name would be Dash Rendar. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I agree. Uh, I was I was more um keen on Rogue Squadron. Uh, I didn't play a lot of sixty four. I mostly played PS one back then, so uh, I really liked Dark Forces. I thought that was super fun. That was like a first-person shooter, you know, in so Doom, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then uh, I liked I I played on 32x. There's a Star Wars game. I actually have it in my collection.
1: <laughs> Star Wars Arcade. Star
0: Wars Arcade. Yeah. And and what's neat is there was actually a two-player mode. And so like it was an on-rails shooter, but you, there was like parts where you could have two people play together. And I'm, I was really big on co-op back then, having two brothers. Um, you know, you need to have co-op games so you'd get a turn. Um, but so I, I liked that a lot. Um, uh, so that was kind of, and then, yeah, I guess even like, cause the game itself sucks, right? So like masters of the terraskasi uh, star Wars masters of the, <laughs> the Terraskasi for PS1 is a terrible one-on-one fighting game. It is, it is hot garbage. But I remember when my brother brought it home and we played Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader. You know, and then, like, it and had Boba Fett in it. And and so there were all these, like, redeeming qualities, even though the game's controls just, like, just garbage. It's so impossible to play. But it was Star Wars and fighting, and you could be Boba Fett, so,
1: bam, that's all you need. <laughs> Isn't there somebody in that game that, like, that was their first appearance?
0: Um, uh, there, w- there was a, I want to say there was a female lightsaber user. yeah i feel like
1: somebody was like groundbreaking in that game even though it sucks
0: ass (laughs) um and then the i mean i've I've liked you know i like jedi fallen order as far as new ones go i thought star wars force unleashed was fun too i liked that yeah
1: i enjoyed i enjoyed force unleashed one and two and like the main gripe with two is that it was short yeah yep yep it was just short but i enjoyed it the entire way through and like as I've gotten older, I've grown to appreciate short games far more. Like, it, It's funny because I think a lot of people like like think about how much money they invest in the game. And they're like, oh, I didn't get my $60 worth. This game was short. And for me, it's like, I would rather play a game. Like, if you tell me a game's five hours long, but it's a great five hours, I'd be like, cool, let's do this.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm torn on that because I, I definitely see where you're coming from. But I, I do agree that if you drop 60 bucks on a game and you beat it in one sitting in like four hours, like, because I know we talk about the order a lot, and we both agree the mm-hmm. order was a really fun game and that it was really good. But that the order was like four hours long, and that was after they drug out certain parts of the game. <laughs> like, they, they yeah. even stretched parts of that game, and it still was only four hours. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm torn on that because I I think there's definitely something to be said over quality over quantity when it comes to the amount of fun you get out of an, out of a game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 60 bucks and only playing it for, and well, I guess, and for me, I only play story games once typically. So for me, I would spend 60 bucks for four hours. And even if it was a great four hours, it would only be four hours. And so that would be, that would be tough for me to, to justify, but I can, I can respect that. Um, and then my my favorite Star Wars game, probably of all time, is going to be Star Wars Knights: of The Old Republic, and the the first one specifically. So that's a that's a Bioware RPG, and this was the the heyday. This was essentially right before their their masterpiece of Mass Effect, and before their subsequent fall into the toilet, as we know where they are now. <laughs> um, but Star Wars Knights: of The Old Republic was like it was a I mean it was real time but you could pause the combat anytime you wanted to. It had the dialogue system of like Mass Effect, but it was in the Star Wars universe. But the Knights the the Old Republic universe takes place what is it like 10,000 years before the events of Star Wars episode 4 or whatever. So it's it feels like a totally different universe because it's so far removed from the movies. And so they got to do kind of anything they wanted to and they really went into the history of the Sith a little bit more and and like they really stretched out this um, the the canon, which the extended universe canon, which is not canon anymore, uh, but it it was it was really cool, and I, I liked that game. That's probably my favorite Star Wars game I think I ever played. And there's but there's a lot of honorable mentions. I mean, Phantom Menace was fun. Jedi Power Battles was fun. But there were a lot of really neat ones.
1: <laughs> how did how did EA in the seven years that they've had that license not Remake the first uh, Knights of the Republic, or and and the second one, but then finish the second one. Like what the hell?
0: I don't think they needed to, man. I mean, look at I mean, Knights of the Republic still sells a ton. I mean, it's on sale all the time too. Like you can get that game, depending on the day, you can get that game for between like three and five bucks on any digital site, <laughs> like anywhere. Right. It's crazy.
1: But if but if they remastered it, like that would be an easy game like i always look at those remasters as as like they don't really need to do the design and writing and scripting and shit like they so they're already starting with most of the key details in and they just need to make a decent game engine and and make it work so, so the design yeah. side of things would be would be easier yes so and you know that gamers would buy it like if they came out with a remaster of of, Knights of the Public millions of people would be like all right yes oh, yeah. let's do this again
0: even like a PS4 port or something where you just put it on on disc or something but but to be fair and and so I'm I'm with you like there there is not going to be the same level of development cost because there is a good chunk of the development is underway but I would say the most expensive hardest part though is the, the the creation of of what you're working on. I mean, I guess if it's a remaster, right. there's not a lot going on. I mean, you could go back in and just like re-render the character models. Like there is, there's options there depending on what you want to do. If you want to do a full-on remake, it's like building the game from the ground up. It's just that you have a template yeah. to work off of instead of having to spend like you know six months to a year in in um you know
1: n- not in, in pre-production or whatever. Um so, yeah, one I would want. I would want more of a full remake rather than, than a remaster, because, like, Beamdog did a lot of the remasters of, like, uh, the Boulder's Gate series, and they're lazy as hell. Um, yeah. And they look pretty rough. <laughs> they're okay if you're playing them on a tablet, but if you're playing them on your TV, like, um, would it Neverwinter Nights? I fired that up on Xbox One. And holy crap, that game looks god awful. So,
0: so Dave just bought it on the Switch, and he pulled it up on the Switch, and was like, "Oh, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, man." And I'm like, "Man, that looks rough."
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like when my buddy back in like 1998 was playing uh, EverQuest on his PC. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, so, what do you what do you think, John? Your favorite Star Wars game? Do you have one? And what is it?
1: Uh it's definitely. I would say Night Solo or not Night Solo Republic. Like, um, Shadows of the Empire. I right. I love that game. I I have a lot of uh, memorable experiences with that game.
0: Have Have you played it recently? No, I have. <laughs> hey, that's alright.
1: It might be one that might be one that me, that stays in my memory. But <laughs> there's but nothing it's a, wrong it's with a that fond memory.
0: Nothing wrong with that at all.
1: <laughs> all right. I so. mean, I would say i enjoyed lego star wars as well but but that was just lego's the same damn game every every lego game you're playing is generally the same damn thing
0: yeah and i I like the humor well enough you know i like i like their kind of cheekiness that they put into their the lego games i do like that um but
1: yeah. yeah i'm looking forward to the the complete series lego game is coming out this year
0: yeah oh yeah yeah that's that's actually is it next month i think it's february
1: Think. Yeah, I think so. It's all nine movies in one game.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's going to be wild. Um, So, what uh, lastly, what, uh, I thought we were going to do lastly, but lastly, lastly, if you could see any game made that's a Star Wars game, what would you like to see them tackle in
1: a Star Wars game? Um, I mean, there's a lot of really fun characters in The Mandalorian, so... Like, I would I would mind seeing uh, John Favreau possibly pen a Star Wars game, and see how that goes because he's he's really done a good job of making me care or making millions of people care about the Marvel franchises. Yeah. and the Star Wars franchise. So he seems like he is just printing money, which I never would have expected the guy from Swingers <laughs> twenty five years ago to be the the guy making all of the major moves in pop culture for Disney 25 yeah, years later.
0: Exactly. Well, I think I think something it goes to show something about when someone who really cares about a franchise is in charge of it, and that's why I'm kind of hopeful for the Metal Gear movie if it ever gets officially greenlit. Like I should say that it is greenlit, but you know, ever gets into production because, you know, that Jordan vogue roberts i think is his name he uh he directed kong skull island and uh he's a video game fan through and through and he loves metal gear and like you know and and then they did the the render someone did a render like a year ago of oscar isaac as solid snake and and like jordan was like this is this is awesome i love it and then they ended up casting him as snake you know, and so it's, it's crazy. Like, like there's, there's some love there. And I think when you have passion for something like that and for the source material, I think just, you have a better chance at making it not feel so, I mean, arguably like seven, eight, nine movies did. Like they just felt like they, they I, and, and I don't know, I don't want to get in a debate over those movies, but like, they didn't feel like they had a soul to me. Like, like they just were, mm. they, they were made by Disney to try to replicate the success of Star Wars to make money. You know, and I know that's ultimately the point, but you can also make money by having something be really good. Hence, the Mandalorian, <laughs> and it, and you know, uh, and the Mandalorian just has it has heart. You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah. So what? Uh, what story would you want the Metal Gear movie to be like? If if you could adapt any of the games?
0: Yeah, I think I think you have to start with Metal Gear Solid. I think it's where you have to start even though there's a lot of story going on. And I think you tell the story through like flashbacks of what happened in the other ones, you know? Um, now, um, that Jordan, uh, Roberts, he has, he has said that he had submitted a script and that it had a parallel and it was telling the parallels between solid snake story and naked snake story. Who'd be big boss. So, it was almost like it's two timelines and it shows the parallels between essentially like their, whatever, whatever conflict they're dealing with in the, in the modern day, it's parallel to what naked snake was going through in the sixties. And, and so cool. like the idea there is, sounds pretty cool, but I think you definitely have to start with solid. Um, and then, Work your way up from. I mean, like it would be easy to take the first Metal Gear and just make that into a movie because it's pretty basic. Like, hey, you're a rookie soldier, and then your boss turns out to be the bad guy. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you watch <laughs> this channel, you saw me rage at that game at the 24 hour stream in 2019. So, <laughs> so you already know the ending. But um, you could. I mean, it's a pretty pretty basic movie trope that Kojima used for that game. Um, but solid had some intricacies where it was a little more in depth, a little bit more about some existentialism and, and what, what makes a person like what, what makes a person's character, you know, it's, is it their genes is it what they're born with or is it, uh, you know, is it life experience or is it a, a personal, you know, a personal, um, thing for them to, to elevate themselves but yeah I don't know That that's a really tough question to answer because I just want someone to make it and I want it to be perfect and I want to enjoy it <laughs> now that movie uh, John I will tell you I will be critical very critical of that movie
1: <laughs> prepare to be disappointed Yeah, I know, have I you gotta, watched the Monster Hunter movie
0: I did not watch the Monster Hunter movie yet it's on demand I'm not you paying for that movie right now. I'm not paying for that <laughs> movie <yet. laughs> I heard it's just ass too um but uh, so so I I didn't do the I didn't do the Monster Hunter movie. I want to watch it. I I thought about renting out the theater. Uh, yeah, 100 bucks. Yeah, getting like ten people together and be like, hey, well I'll sit like a row apart. Um, just like give me ten bucks, we'll go watch a stinker. But it came out like two weeks before <laughs> Christmas. I didn't have a free minute before Christmas. It was crazy. No. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm planning on being disappointed by the Metal Gear movie. I will say one movie I was incredibly disappointed in was the Ready Player One movie because I had read the book many times. I love the book. And then when I heard Steven Spielberg was making it, I was like, oh, my God, it might actually be good. Um, and the movie was not good. Not saying that's not okay to like it. If people listening to this watched Ready Player One, you're like, I liked it. Like, that's totally fine to like it. It's just, it's, but it sucks. Like,
1: just. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> but, it, but you're wrong. If, no, no, if you're, you're not, like you're not it, wrong you're to wrong. like it.
0: Now, if you say it's a, it's a. It's a top ten cinematic experience. It's the best movie you've ever seen. Well, that's also your opinion, and you're not wrong because it's your opinion. It's fine. I just um, I, I would just massively disagree with it.
1: <laughs> I I enjoyed the movie because I enjoyed all the references.
0: Yes, but uh,
1: did you pick up the, the second book?
0: Yes, I actually got two copies. <laughs> um, Is one of them signed? no no i got I got a copy okay. um Schutzy bought me a copy, and then my older brother bought me a copy too and I like I feel okay. bad because like it was a really good gift, like it was good thought into that it was just so it was such a good gift that two people got it for me, and I'm kind of an That's asshole to buy gifts for like my wife will tell you would would tell you that any day of the week like I'm the worst person to buy gifts for because I don't like to tell people what I want, but then I expect them to know what I want. and to get me something really personal and well thought out, but that I don't help him at all. So I'm kind of an asshole. Um, but every now and then the, like, like my mom got me a really cool gift this year and, and Jared did too. He got me a couple of really cool things. So it's kind of like, I mean, yeah, I mean it, you know, it's not impossible. Just got to try a little harder with me is all for (laughs) gift giving. Um, but yes. So So did you read, did you read the book? I haven't, I haven't finished it. I started it, uh, but I haven't read in a few weeks. I started it and, um, I don't think it's going to be bad or anything, uh, but so okay. So I read his second book, Armada, and mm-hmm. Armada was not very good. It, Ready Player One, I think, was uh, was was really special, and with the way that they used references. The second time I read that book, I went through and I actually was like, oh, he said he was listening to this song. What song is that? And I'd look it up on YouTube and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this song. I know this song. And so when I'm reading it now, I was understanding and hearing the music and and knowing what they were talking about when they talked about TV shows and stuff like that. So when Armada came out, I read Armada, and that one was the exact same thing, though. It was very much Mm. like everything was a reference to the 80s. And in some sometimes in one sentence, he'll make like – Four or five references, and you're like, it's all, it's, it's borderline cringy. And so you're like, and and, and so that's a little rough. And then, um, the thing about Armada was it's basically a last starfighter ripoff. So in in that book, the, the main hero is like plays like a battlefield type first person shooter, and it ended up being a military training simulation for when aliens attack. And you're like, come on, man. Like, which
1: is also the, the, Storyline for, uh, um, Ender's Game. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: kind of. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely which, which maybe even, um, yeah, yeah. I guess because when did Ender's Game come out? Would that have? I think it was. I think it was seventy eight. Okay. It had, so it I think it would have predated Last Starfighter then.
1: Yeah, because Ender's Game, I believe, was originally published as a series of short stories in a sci-fi uh, oh. magazine.
0: Well, I did not know that. I do know that Orson Scott Card's kind of a terrible person, but...
1: Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, I fully hate that man, but, but, but <laughs> it is one of my favorite books.
0: Yeah, I read oh. Ender's Game in, in, like, middle school, and I, I, I really did love it. And we, we watched that movie, and Jenny's, it's one of Jenny's favorite books, too. And uh, we were both kind of like, that movie should have been two movies instead of one. <laughs> but,
1: yeah. Man. Um, oh, and and what the, the dude with the tattoos all over his face.
0: I, like, I don't really ben come Hingsley, up with this stuff they, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like they just do stuff sometimes, you know. <laughs>
1: and you're like, w- wh- why? Why'd you do it that way? Uh, yeah, I. Well, Lyra's middle name is Valentine because of the Ender's Game series. Because Ender's sister's name is Valentine.
0: That's right. That's right. I I always thought it was because you liked Cowboy Bebop, but no.
1: I <laughs> far less pervy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that
0: that's a that that's a great name though. It's a subtle reference too. I I, I like that though.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh man. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, John, but that's all I got for stories. That's it. We're 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 uh yeah. we're done talking about that. Well, but sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, it's a slow uh slow time of the year too.
0: It, it's it's been oddly slow. Like I've been looking for news stories to talk about, and this one actually just dropped today, didn't it? This morning, or was it yesterday morning? Yesterday think, morning. Yeah, I think it was. So yeah. like this, if we didn't it this, we would have just I don't know what we'd have done. Um, however. We still have our games of the week picked out. We have our pickup piles of the week. So John, let's start with you. what is your game of the week, man? What you got?
1: Uh, I'm not gonna pretend I have one. I don't have a game of the week.
0: Oh <laughs> Hey, that's okay. Uh, because I didn't do my homework. I, I, I brought a I brought a real banger to the party today. Um, my game of the week is a little gem called 3D. game Heroes for the PS3. Ooh, nice. I love this game. Uh I really really love this game. Now, I'm always confused by it because it was developed by Silicon Studio. Yet From Software is credited on this game and it's published yeah. by Atlas. So I don't know what FromSoft did to help with this game. They must have helped or something. I don't I don't know. I don't I'm confused by that. Like cuz FromSoft doesn't publish. So I don't know if they teamed up or if Silicon Studio, which sounds like an American studio, would have done with from soft you know very strange um however the idea of the game is imagine the original legend of zelda but instead of being pixels it's voxels and if you don't know what a voxel is it's basically a 3d pixel it's like minecraft is voxel so imagine that you had characters that were made out of like blocks instead of made out of flat 2d planes which are pixels they're made out of voxels and so the whole game looks like the original legend of zelda but it's got a, a 3D element to it. It looks like a 3D eight bit game.
1: And it looks almost like tilt shift photography a little bit. Yeah, and, and so
0: and and one, you could fully customize your character. Like they let you build the character out of blocks. So you could totally make your character. It even has the thing when you have full life, your sword is more powerful. But in this game, your sword takes up like half the screen when you're at full yes. life. Yes. <laughs> it's just awesome. Um, but it's basically a Legend of Zelda clone, but with voxel graphics, published by Atlas, from Software Did Something, and then it was developed by Silicon Studio, and it's on the PS3. Only on the PS3, I think. I don't think you can get it on PC yep, even.
1: It is only
0: PS3. Only PS three. And it is absolutely a hidden gem on the PS3. And I think it's only about a twenty dollar game, twenty maybe twenty five dollars now.
1: Go is and- it? Are you sure?
0: Oh, it might be worth more. I could take a look. I
1: think that's worth more.
0: Uh, I mean, we haven't had one at the store in a while, but, you know. Let me take a look. Old Greggy can do it on the fly.
1: Yeah, fire up that speedy PC.
0: <laughs> 3D.GameHeroes. Well. Well, Johnny boy, you might be right. Um, It's going for about, in the case... About fifty bucks, forty to fifty bucks now.
1: Okay.
0: Brand new ones yeah, going for sixty to a hundred.
1: Yeah, that's one I thought was starting to climb up there. <laughs>
0: yeah, that makes sense. There, there's a lot of PS3 <clears throat> gems that are creeping. Um, like, it's a good time to buy PS3 and 360 games because most of them are dirt cheap. Uh, Lollipop Chainsaw is another one on PS3. Um, it's starting to creep up there. That one is like. Yeah, if between forty and sixty bucks for the U.S. release of Lollipop Chainsaw. Weird.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing that for twenty. The long for the longest time.
0: We had that game used for ten dollars over and over and over again. People, <laughs> people never bought it. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, three D dot game heroes. It's a really weird name, but it, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. It's cool. Yep,
1: I approve of that choice.
0: Um so then John, since uh you didn't do your first assignment, I'm hoping you brought your second assignment to class. I did. Do you have a pickup pile of the week? <laughs> what do you got in your pickup pile today?
1: Alright. So I mentioned a couple of these already. Um Monster Hunter Iceborne. Uh for Xbox. Oh, yeah. Um I also, also picked up Ace Combat Seven Skies Unknown for yeah. Xbox.
0: You know, if you get Monster Hunter on PlayStation, you know we can play it
1: together. You know I'm not going to play it. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, continue. <laughs> uh, uh, Dirt Rally 2. I've been wanting to copy this for quite a while, even though I hate how punishingly diff- difficult the rally versions of Dirt are. Um, I picked up some shitters, uh, so I got Slide Stars, um, which is... Have you heard of this game?
0: Slide stars, I don't think so.
1: So Slide stars is a game where you are sliding down water slides on inflatables as YouTube and influencer personalities. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went through all of the uh, all of the characters in the game. And I have not heard of a single damn one of them.
0: <laughs> wait, was, so you t- wait? They didn't. They didn't. They didn't ask me to be on there. They did not. They didn't. They didn't ask Drop Rate Greg to show up on there. Well, no. What the heck?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just read off the American ones. So, <laughs> Doctor Mike, Brent Riviera, Lexi Riviera, Aporred. Oh wait, that's a German guy. Uh, ben Elz- Elzart. Alex Stokes, Alan Stokes, Jeff Said, and Amusement Force.
0: Those are all real people. They are. I've never heard of and any and those people. On either. the
1: back, it says, "Play with the world's biggest social stars." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <Okay. laughs> I'm glad you got to live your dream of hanging out with those people, John. <laughs>
1: yep. Uh, and then, so so that game and this next game are both published by G GQ- Two. GS two games, uh, actually, they're these are both developed by the same developer, so they'll both be real good. Uh, <laughs> so the <laughs> next game I got is Speed Three Grand Prix, <laughs> if you, which um, if you make a racing game and you just call it Speed,
0: <laughs> like how? Who got the name? I'm hoping to that?
1: I'm hoping that Jeff Daniels and uh, and Keanu Reeves are in this game. And Sandy B, um. uh, can you now?
0: Can you verify? Is that the same franchise? And I'm not even kidding right now. Is that the same franchise? The first speeds on Wii, right? That's like one of those. I think so. Yes. Published by like, uh, oh, what's the name of that company? V- v- uh, I can see the logo. It's like a little yellow stick person. It's um, sh- uh, What's that? Um, like. Ah, piss. I can't think of it. Okay, it doesn't matter. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure it's amazing. Uh, (laughs) All right, so for Switch, uh, I picked up Captain Toad Treasure Tracker uh, because it was on sale. And I really like this game, uh, and I wanted to own a physical copy. Uh, New Super Lucky's Tale. Uh, So on Xbox, they have Super Lucky's Tale. and New Super Lucky's Tale is like a remixed version of that first game. And they just did a really frickin' good job of redoing and rethinking all the levels and objectives to make them a lot more fun. So, it's, it's the same levels, but somehow it's just substantially better. So, yeah, New Super Lucky's Tale is on all the consoles, and if you want a physical... In the U.S., the Switch has a physical copy. And then in Europe, you can get a physical copy on PlayStation. Hmm. Um, Otherwise, it's also on Game Pass on Xbox One. But, really fun platformer. Alright. So, I got two Dreamcast games. Uh, This happened a couple weeks ago, but I forgot to list them. Dreamcast Uh, games? So, I got... Yes. I, I got ESPN NBA Tonight... Uh, and actually, this is a sealed copy. and I got NBA Showtime NBA on NBC. And the reason why these are significant is uh, i I have basically for the last like twelve years had a almost complete Dreamcast uh, collection mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, minus these two games. And my buddy, Kevin, that I talk to about all the time, um, he went through my collection app on uh, vgcollect.com, and he figured out the two games I was missing for the Dreamcast and bought them for me for Christmas. (laughs) Nice. Uh, So I randomly got two games, and I was like, what the hell? And the funny thing is, I knew I was missing the Shaquille O'Neal NBA on NBC game, but I did not know that I was missing an ESPN game. Mm. So so when I got the the Shaquille O'Neal game, I was like, "Oh, my last game." And then I got another package and I was like, "Oh, my last I game. was missing another one." All Who, right.
0: Who's on the cover of the ESPN one?
1: I don't know. Uh I don't know enough about basketball to be able to say that. It's somebody from the Heat number 33. Hmm. Um, and then last, but definitely not least, I got some really, really great PS1 games. Uh, so, we'll save the best for last. Um, Stuart Little 2.
0: Nice. That does look minty.
1: Um, Barbie Explorer. (laughs) The Wild Thornberries Animal Adventure.
0: I'm definitely not jealous anymore.
1: Uh... Mary-Kate and Ashley's Winner Circle. Oh, boy. And, best of all, Sabrina the Teenage Witch oh. in A Twitch in Time.
0: I thought it was going to be <laughs> Spice World.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I have owned that game for years. <laughs> and do you know why I own that game? Because
0: Nicole's a huge Spice Girls fan?
1: No, because there's a nude code in that game. What? Yes. <laughs> it's not uh, so when you put in a, the when you put in the code uh, it shows you a still image of the really terrible like polygonal figures of the Spice Girls mm-hmm. um, and then they're they're naked but there's like chairs covering their bits so they're like seductively sitting on chairs but they all look hideous hideous <laughs> Because the graphics on the game because it's god awful. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, and like it, they're not even like they're like these squat little, little ugly figures that kind of look like a. It, it would look like a crappy looking polygonal pop mm. figure. So imagine somebody trying to sex up one of those is it, things. Is
0: it? Uh, <laughs> is it weird that I have a boner right now?
1: Oh yeah, I, it was. <laughs> it was a hard tug, but I got through it. Um, and it's 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 one of the goes that I go back to every every six months, just to <laughs> refresh my memory.
0: Well, you know, you can't appreciate the sunshine without the rain, you know? Sir? Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> and sometimes you just got to listen to Wannabe and crank one out. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Nicole saw that movie in theaters with her dad.
0: <laughs> oh, Oh, I can honestly say I've never seen it, and uh, I'm okay with I that. have
1: also never seen that movie, but I, I think it's got like a weird sci-fi theme to it. <laughs> Probably does, man. Uh, so what is in your pickup pile of the week? <laughs> Did you also get Stuart Little 2? I didn't.
0: I've only had about 500 <laughs> opportunities to buy that at my own store, and I've passed on everyone. <laughs> um, but first up, we had a physical copy of Dreams traded in. And I didn't buy okay. this when it first came out. I bought it digital so I could have it right away. Uh but I didn't um I didn't have a physical copy yet, and someone traded one in, it was really cheap, so I bought that. For original Xbox, I got Broken Sword, the Sleeping Dragon. Which okay. I'm pretty sure is just terrible. But I like Broken Sword. <laughs> like I like the old point and click adventure games. This one's not really a point and click anymore, but you know, it is what it is. Um, on original Xbox, I got a copy of Crazy Taxi Three High Roller
1: uh, because, hey, it's Crazy Taxi. And then Do you got, even own that many dream or that many original Xbox games in your collection? Oh, let me take a look here. I've got probably about forty. Okay, original
0: Xbox games, something like that. Probably about forty. Um, so no, not very many compared to you, <laughs> but eight hundred but uh for p s two I got a copy of the red star, so nice, yeah, it's based off a comic book i this Archangel studios that made it, I can find zero information on them, and they're not around anymore, and I don't know if they made anything else but this the games pretty i was fun.
1: surprised that that came out because uh. They announced that game and then 100 Bullets around the same time.
0: Yeah, 100 Bullets and got then canceled, yeah.
1: They canceled both, and then Red Star came out, like, several years later.
0: So I'm reading the back, and it says it's based on the Eisner Award-nominated Archangel Studios comic. So, oh, the developer, I think, was a company called Union. Maybe that's why I couldn't find it. I'll have to look that up. Mm. But anyway, it's it's weird because it's almost like a 2.5D game. It feels like a side-scroller. But it's got like ranged attacks and like melee. It was actually pretty fun. It felt like an old beat 'em up kind of like uh, fighting force. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of. Um, and then I got a copy of Cold Sept for PS2. Okay. Um, which I'm like, kind of
1: hard as hell. Yeah,
0: and I'm kind of just getting it because it, to me it falls under the RPG. You know, uh, ticket ticket. Um, it's uncommon, but you know, so I picked it up. And then this one, I know you've already got this, but I didn't. Um, a copy of Res came in for PS2. Ooh. In really nice. good shape. And so I finally picked it up. Uh Dom had it on his list and uh I had to pull the I had to pull the um like the the the, the trump card on him where I just like, I run this bitch. I, yeah, like anything I want, I get dibs. So I I call dibs. Which is fair because something came in a few weeks ago that I really wanted but I didn't call dibs on, so I called dibs on this, but um we had a really mint copy of the X-Files games come in for PS2. And I've wanted it for like a really long time. And that's up to like 50 bucks now too. (laughs) But he, he's, he's a big X-Files fan too. So it's fine. Um, but now I'm wondering if I own an X-Files game, just a six, six games in my pickup pile. So that's uh, that's all we got. That's the show for this week. Everybody, we as always appreciate you hanging out and sticking around and chatting with us. And, um, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at game trade, Greg John's at dryer combo um if you know that that's his username you can find him anywhere in the world because he uses it for everything oh <laughs> uh, well so, it's some need or
1: washer dryer combo or <laughs> wd combo
0: <laughs> well you don't have to tell him all of them you know but anyway um and don't forget you can subscribe on youtube it's youtube.com slash drop rate you can follow us on twitch what do you do you follow on twitch yeah you can subscribe on Twitch too, but you gotta pay money for that. So
1: you can follow us on Twitch. You can stalk him on Twitch.
0: Yeah, Twitch.tv/slash The Drop Rate. Um, what else we got? You can listen to us on anything you want. We're on Stitcher now. You can listen to us on uh, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, whatever you want. Like we're everywhere. We're so big. And actually, John, I don't know, I, I don't know if I sent you the picture or not, but we're getting like we're we're getting regularly multiple hundreds of listens per week. And that's nice. that's pretty rad to me. Like that's pretty cool that like, you know, I mean it's not anywhere near anything that's, you know, like really up there, but I it, it's cool to me. It's cool to know that yeah. our views are being, you know, seen by hundreds of people and my one of my videos is getting close to 100,000 views on YouTube. And Jordan nice. Jordan's already had a few go over that, so I'm like lagging to the party, but it'll, it'll I think that's just amazing to me when I think of 100,000 people watching. <laughs> A video I did on Billy Mitchell, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Billy Mitchell. Uh, I wonder how many times Billy Mitchell hate watched it. <laughs> um, <you> know, <laughs> at least actually, a thousand.
1: <laughs> this week i had a I had one of our listeners uh, reach out to me on Facebook, and he asked me about like setting up. Uh, he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm getting an Xbox Series X soon," and asked me like what he can do to kind of prepare so that way it, when it shows up, like he can get it up and running quickly. Um, so that, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, don't, feel free to, to reach out and like, if you have questions, let us know.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and, and I'd love to answer questions. Like I'd love to get to the point where we have like three or four questions a week that people ask us, even if it's stupid, who cares? Like just ask. Cause we don't have enough, we don't have enough to be picky.
1: <laughs> so we're going to read Yeah. Out.
0: <laughs> We'll just call you stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to your face.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a dumb question, but we'll ask it anyway.
0: Um, But, yeah. So, anyway, thank you, everybody, as always, for listening and watching. Say goodbye, John. Later. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.